Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, hello. Happy New Year. Officially now we're into the, into the new year. I have not seen you guys since last year, and uh, it's good to... Good to be able to celebrate and worship uh, together here today. For those of you part of the online family, welcome. Uh, our Avon people, welcome. Uh, my goodness, we're going to be open up the Carmel location later this year, Lord willing. And then today is actually the inaugural day of uh, kickoff for CP Fishers. And so there are some phenomenal people there in Fishers that... Honestly, it's such a miraculous story. While we've been partnered with them for the last couple of months, what God did, just this handful of believers there that were just wondering about what was next in their, their life of their church and wondering if it was gonna be able to continue or not and kind of reached out for help. The Lord connected us and we were to help. They already have a building. They're already lead, uh, able to, to meet and whatnot, but uh, just needed some leadership help and pastoral care and whatnot. And so we were able to, partner up, and so today is kind of the first official launch over there. Can't wait for you to meet those people because they're some of the kindest, most excited about what God's doing, sorts of people that I've seen in a long time, and uh, excited to see what God's going to do over there in general uh, this year. So as we start the year, we are starting this series called Start Fresh, because it, it feels like that's what you're supposed to do right at the beginning of the year. You've, you've got this opportunity to begin new. You know, it feels like you can press the reset button if you need to. You can uh, say goodbye to some stuff and let some stuff go if you need to. You can start some new things, embrace some new things. If you just need that fresh start, then uh, the new year feels like this is a good time to do it. The reality is it's just another day. It's just, it's just one day to the next day. It happens to change on our calendar, and so, so all of a sudden we feel like, oh, we, we, need, to, we need to change it all. Um, I just want to remind you as, as a friend, maybe as a brother in Christ, that you and I have the privilege and honor of starting fresh anytime with Jesus. I hope that is an encouragement to you. His mercies are new every single morning. And so if you need to start fresh today, then by all means, do it. If this needs to be a fresh start to a brand new year, by all means, you're invited to, and God will carry you through. But if you get into tomorrow or the next day or the next month, and you're realizing, gosh, I really do need a, a, a fresh start, then you can still have it. Every single day, his mercies are new, and he'll meet you right where you're at. Um, I got this, oh, thanks, that's awesome. You guys are so kind. Um, this is the encouraging, the, the vocal and encouraging wing over here, and I'm so thankful for that, too, especially because um, I just bought this jacket. <laughs> I just bought it. I bought it for $18. That's why I bought it. It was $18. 
and uh, I bought it, I, I put it in the bag, and then I uh, got to the place where I was going, and then I put it right on. And uh, about 10, 15 minutes later, I was around some other people, and I started to go, man, somebody does not smell good around here. I wonder who... Oh my goodness, it was me. It's the jacket. The jacket needed a fresh start, it turns out. And so for the last 24 hours, I've bathed it in the mercies of God multiple times, and it's mildly improved. So be thankful that we're not too close to each other right now, uh, but it's improving. But when it comes to uh, our lives, I believe wholeheartedly that starting fresh actually starts with our heart. It starts with our heart. How's your heart doing today? Is your heart uh, broken? Is your heart full? Is your heart hardened? Is it numb? Is it soft? How's your heart doing? Your heart matters a tremendous amount to the Lord. I know that because in the scripture, the heart is referenced somewhere between eight and 900 times depending on what translation you read. And from the Bible's perspective, the heart refers to your will, your emotions, your intellect, your spiritual life. It's the inner you, it's the core you. And then it turns out that your heart is kind of what drives me in you. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart because everything that you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart. Another translation says, because it's the wellspring of life. So your heart goes, there goes the rest of you. And so if your heart is seated in, remaining in, soaking in, anchored in, the person in the work of Jesus, in the word of God, that's where your heart is, then 2024, you're, you're in a good spot regardless of what comes your way because he's got your heart. Now, if your heart is not anchored in him, it's just anchored in yourself, it's kind of a drift, uh, not quite sure what it is anchored in, then honestly, I, I can't really make many predictions about what's in for you this year. Whether it's good times or bad times, you may or may not be ready to handle what is coming your way if your heart isn't fully trusting in the Lord. And that's a big one for us. I, I believe that the difference really between us getting to the end of 2024 and looking back on it with regret or the end of the year looking back with like a, ah, a settled sense of like peace and joy and Lord, by your grace, like I think I was as faithful as possible with this year that you gave me. I think the difference between the regret and the peace is how we allow God full access to our hearts. I think the more that we're inviting him in to our heart, the more that we're inviting him in to our life, the more that we're inviting him in to our decisions, our day-to-day, our -day, but even our moment-to-moment, -moment, 
just like resting in that actual relationship with him, it's gonna be the game changer. It's not about what you're gonna accomplish or all the decisions you have. What's gonna be the game changer is a heart that's just saturated in a full-on love relationship with Jesus. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to look at a, another proverb today, proverb chapter three. Turn to Proverbs chapter three, and uh, there's two verses here that are in the middle of a whole bunch of verses that are really helpful in this wisdom, godly wisdom. And these verses might be familiar to you if you've been around the block for a little while. If you haven't, these are really good ones to have heard. But I also say, uh, commit these to memory. These are good verses to memorize. Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Did you catch it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Here's the beautiful invitation from God. When we're trusting in the Lord with all our heart, then he will make our path straight for 2024 and 25 and 26. As long as we're trusting in the Lord with all our heart, then he's going to make straight our paths. But what does that mean? What does it mean? Do I really want God to make my paths straight this year? If he does, what's that going to mean? What's that actually look like to have God make our paths straight? Uh, we lived in a couple of mountain towns in our, our, our life journey, some in California, some in Arizona. And as a result, I'm super into like off-roading, um, four-wheel drive. I, I don't care if uh, you're going through mud or dirt or what, what you would consider probably a mountain for me would just be an exciting thing to be able to up a drive over a giant boulder or through a creek bed or a river bed. It doesn't matter if it's raging or not. Um, if you've got the right vehicle, that's what makes the difference in off-roading. And, and I've, I've been in stuff where you pull up to it and you're like, you, we can't get through this. But if you've got the right car, then you can get through it. Now, you don't, you don't take a Toyota Camry on the dunes. You don't take the Honda Civic up and over boulders in Moab, Utah, or Sedona, Arizona. You don't do it, because it won't even make it. But when you got the right vehicle, then it's exciting. So I'm always on the lookout, not that I can afford any of them, but on the lookout for sure for uh, cool off-road vehicles. One of my favorite shows is a show called Top Gear. It was a British uh, show, and there was this amazing clip um, of uh, Richard Hammond that uh, got to drive like one of the coolest off-road uh, vehicles I had seen in a long time. I want you to take a look and take a look at like all the different things that this thing goes through. Because if you had this, you would just be happier. <laughs> you would. So t- t- take a look. In the season, I drive six by six wheel drive Mercedes G wagon outside Abu Dhabi. I love off-roading. Yeah. Not having any difficulty with this at all. I love belting around the dunes. It's a bit daunting, but obviously spreading the weight over more wheels means you have lighter ground pressure. However, if the weight is immense to start with... Oh! 
the ground pressure never gets that light. <laughs> it's vertical! I would like to convert more sports cars to six wheels. It would serve no practical purpose at all. It would make them worse, much worse. It affects it really terribly, whether you put the extra couple of wheels on the front or the back. But, look, really cool! That's all we want is just to look cool while we're driving around. Um, but the, the, the point I just really, for all, all kidding aside, is if, if you and I are firmly seated in the person and the work of Jesus and in the word of God this year, it really doesn't matter what terrain is coming your way. See, I hope and pray that there's a real like smooth road for you this year. I hope that it's an easy road this year. I hope there's not a whole lot of roller coaster or uh, obstacles in the way, um, but the, the odds are there are going to be some. And so if you and I are really anchored into Jesus, our hearts are anchored fully in him where we're trusting him, then um, you might as well be in that vehicle. God's going to get you through. When he says, I will make straight your paths, that's basically what he's saying is, I'm going to get you through. It doesn't mean that it's going to always be easy it's not going to be smooth necessarily, but I will get you through. I'll get you up and over. I'll get you around. I'll make sure you've got enough fuel, enough gas, enough strength to get you through whatever it is that you're going to get through. I'll make your path straight. It also means when he says, make straight your paths, he's saying, I'm going to make your journey, your path right, righteous, pure, godly, healthy, good. So he'll make straight your paths in the sense that maybe you've got an angry day. If you got an angry day, but you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart, then he's going to show you the path to get through that day that is righteous in the midst of your anger. If you're having a sad day, he's going to show you the path to get through the sadness in a way that's righteous in the midst of the sadness. If you're grieving, he's going to show you the way to get through grief. In the midst of the grief, it's going to be a way that's still righteous. If you're tempted, he's going to show you the way to get through and out that is righteous. If you're hopeful, he's going to show you what to do with that hope in a way that's going to get you through, in a way that's righteous and godly and a blessing to other people. He, he will take you on this path and you can be rest assured he will get you through and it will always be in a godly, righteous manner that's a blessing and a benefit to you as well as the people around you. He will make straight your paths. But then that kind of begs the question, okay, well then, how again do I get those straight paths? I think I'm a little more convinced that I want the straight paths from you, Lord. How do, I, how do I experience that in you this year and beyond? Well, it was there at the beginning. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then down the line, he makes your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, it's in our nature to trust to trust someone or something. Now, the reality is I find myself trusting myself more than I trust him, and that's a problem. 
And the invitation, the call from the Lord is to trust in him with our whole heart. Our whole heart. This is not spiritual hokey pokey. You put the right foot in, you put the right foot out, you put the right foot in and you shake it all about. You put your half heart in, you put your half heart out, you put your half heart. This is not what God's desiring, a half-hearted trust in him. He's wanting our whole heart. Okay? How do I trust the Lord with my whole heart? I want that, but how? How, Lord? That's my heart's desire. I do want the straight pass, and I, I know uh, that to get that, I've got to trust you with my whole heart, but how in the world do I do that? What does that look like, to trust God with our whole heart? Well, thankfully, the verses tell us what trusting the Lord with our whole heart looks like. The verses tell us how to trust the Lord with our whole heart. The first step is right there in the second half, verse five, do not lean on your own understanding. You want to trust the Lord with your whole heart? Stop leaning on your own understanding. See, leaning on your own understanding is actually the opposite of trusting in the Lord with your whole heart. And I'm prone to this way too much. I got any friends with me on that? I, I, I lean on my own understanding way too often. And I know this, and you could probably testify along with me, that there has been no more destructive thing on humankind than self-sufficiency, self-dependence. This rugged sort of like, I got this, I don't need you, and I don't need anybody else sort of thing. That will always get me and you into trouble when we think we can operate independent of God at its Core, it's saying, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to lean on my own understanding. And here, I like it. It says, do not lean on your own understanding. See, the leaning on our own understanding, that's the problem. We have understanding, right? God's given us a brain. God's given us the ability to think and to reason. That's all good, but the problem is when we lean on our own reasoning, our own understanding, our own knowledge, and we elevate that above the Lord, that's when it's a problem. When we lean on ourselves and what we think we know more than what God has made known, we're in trouble. And so if we want to trust the Lord with all our heart, we got to get over our own understanding. It could be tough. See, there's so much in the word. There's so much in the word that he's already made known. Do you know it well? You can get daily hope. You can listen to CP+. You hope you open your own Bible on a daily basis and soak in the word of God because he's already told us so much that we need for our day-to-day. And then he's given us his spirit to guide us in the day-to-day, in the moment-by-moment. 
so that we don't have to rely entirely on our own understanding. But if I'm not listening to the Holy Spirit and I don't know the word of God, then I'm only left with my own understanding or your own understanding that you're trying to tell me. I had a friend that was married for like five, six years and he started to feel like he needed to encourage his wife more than he had been, and just verbally to start. And he wasn't quite sure what that meant. But, but he was feeling what he felt like was a prompting from the Holy Spirit, but he, he wasn't sure. Is this just my thoughts or is this the Spirit of God talking to me? You ever had that trouble trying to figure out, is this the Spirit of God or is this just me? And he was kind of wrestling through that. And he, he just made this decision. Here's what I'm gonna do. For an entire week, every single time I feel something that might be a prompting of the Holy Spirit with regard to speaking life, speaking encouragement to my wife, over my wife, every single time I feel what might be a prompting, I'm gonna do it. And I just wanna see what happens. Because like honestly, worst case scenario, it wasn't the Spirit, and then what? You've just encouraged someone a whole bunch. Not a bad thing. If it is in fact the Spirit of God, then now you have kind of walked walk in step with him. You've been listening to his, his direction and you're obeying, you know? So you really can't lose in this sort of scenario. And so he, now he starts on Monday and, and he doesn't know if it's gonna happen a bunch. She walked in the first time, he didn't really feel much and so he didn't say anything. But she came back in just a few minutes later and, and he felt a little tug and so he complimented her. And then a little bit later in the day, something else happened and he encouraged her. And a little bit later in the day, he complimented her. And another moment later in the day, he thanked her. And by the end of the day, I mean, it had been like a dozen times already. Each time he felt some sort of prompting and then acted on it. He kept doing that day after day after day. They got to Friday and his wife said, what are you doing? What in the world are you doing? And he said, what, what do you mean? And, and she said, you're just like acting weird. And I don't know how to describe it, but she said, I have never felt this loved by you since we've been married. And he, he said, well, I think it's just God at work. And I felt like I needed to put that into practice. See, the, the conventional wisdom in a situation like that, like if we were leaning on our own understanding in that situation, a lot of us might just go, uh, I don't need to encourage her because I encouraged her last year. <laughs> our own understanding is, oh, she already knows. I don't need to say it. Our own understanding is, well, I might tell her once, but I'm not gonna tell her 12 times in a day. But when we lean not on our own understanding, God can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine or think. And that's a blessing. So trusting in the Lord is like inseparably linked with leaning not on our own understanding. And then second, 
You want to allow the Lord to cultivate a heart that is trusting in him fully? Then what we do next, verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him. You want to trust in the Lord with all your heart? Then in all your ways, acknowledge him. All your ways. All your ways. Seek him. All your ways. Set him before you. All your ways. Keep him in view. Not just the, the, the big ways or the bad ways. That's typically when we go to God is when things are bad or uh, they're big enough to be uh, dangerous to us. Then we'll pray. We'll seek his will. But in the mundane, what about that? In all our ways. I know it sounds crazy, but like literally you wake up in the morning and you've got your normal routine. Invite God into that. Lord, what did you want to do here right at the start of the day? I know I got my list. Other people got a list for me today, but what do you have on my list today? I'm going to go into the coffee shop here, and it could just be a coffee shop stop, but um, Lord, I'm going to invite you into this. What did you have for me today? As you're scrolling through your phone, invite him in. Uh, you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Should I be scrolling and scrolling? Should I... Stop, Lord, I'm going to invite you in and I'll listen. If you tell me to stop, I'll stop. Or should I read this instead? Should I visit that site? Should I open the text message dialogue here and send some kind, encouraging words to somebody? Invite him in. In all our ways, set him before you. Set him before me. That, that's, would you be praying for that for me and my family that we would do that? Really, to like walk relationally. God's not desiring some simple transactional relationship with me and you. He's called us friends, and friends talk, friends hang out, friends understand what's going on in each other's life, and there's this mutual, like, interactive sort of, you're right here, I'm right here, and then that it's the God of the universe, how much more so that we would invite him in to our moment by moment, our day to day, our decisions and otherwise. Have the radar up. I've mentioned my, my kind of spiritual uh, father in the faith and uh, old college professor that I had. Early in our relationship, I always noticed we'd go out somewhere and he would pull out a three by five card from his pocket randomly, jot something down and put it back in. And sometimes within the hour, he would do that all over again. For two years, I, I saw him. We'd be out and he'd pull this out, Jonathan put it back in. After two years, I was like, what are you doing? I got to finally ask, what is this about? What are you jotting down? And he said, well, I, I don't know. Like, I just know that God is active. God is also present. He's always with me. And he's wanting to make himself known. And so every time that I sense something that reminds me of God or that maybe God's speaking to me, I pull this out and I jot it down and then I put it back. And then daily, like he's got stacks by his bedside and he'll cycle through. And he said, I don't really know exactly how this, all of this works, but he said, I just get this interesting sensation that if my radar is up and he knows I'm listening, he'll maybe want to speak to me more. He'll maybe want to reveal himself to me more. 
But if we walk around with the blinders on and tuned out or whatever, it's not that he's not speaking, it's probably just we're missing it. But if in all our ways we're acknowledging him, acknowledging that he's there, acknowledging that he's desiring to connect with us and direct us, then my goodness, I think we can absorb an awful lot. Our heart will absorb an awful lot. And our heart will be more likely to trust him if dozens of times a day you are seeing him at work and then he's spoken to you about something, you followed through on it and experienced the blessing of like, oh, that wasn't just my uh, own prompting. It wasn't just indigestion. This was actually the Lord at work. If that happens multiple times a day, how much more likely are you to trust him when something comes around the corner? You will, you will. And so trust the Lord with all your heart by leaning not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledging him. You ever heard people say, uh, Jesus is just a crutch? Religion, just a crutch. I hear that quite a bit. Yeah, Jesus is just a crutch. It's for the, you know, kind of weak-minded people that just can't handle it otherwise and they need something to lean on or whatever. And so more power to them if, if you're weak like that and that's what you need. Jesus is just a crutch. Okay, yeah, whatever. I guess so. Jesus might be a crutch, but let's just be clear here. So is your own understanding. So is your own talent, skills, and abilities. I mean, we're all gonna lean or depend on something. I'm just gonna say and venture forth that leaning on the creator of the whole universe is a whole lot better thing to lean on than my personal strength, talent, skills, or abilities. That, that's, that's the big thing for me. Jesus is just a crutch, okay. It's a little bit reversed when it comes to walking with Jesus. It's a little bit counterintuitive because we're American. We've got the can-do spirit. And somewhere buried down in our core is, if it's gonna be, it's up to me. And I can build anything, dream anything, do anything or whatever. And that's one thing if you're talking about a business or whatever, but when you're talking about your spiritual walk with Christ, you can't apply the same thing. Here's what I'm talking about. Basically, if you say, I don't need him, then you're just standing on your own two feet, completely unassisted. I don't need him. Then there's people who say, uh, I kinda need him. They're hobbling around on their own understanding and then when necessary, uh, leaning into what God has to say. I kinda need him. This is, I don't need him at all. This is, I kinda need him. Like you and Jesus are a tag team wrestling duo. You know, those tag team wrestlers, you know, one is in the ring fighting somebody else and they kind of get beat down and they're, you know, wiped out in the corner and they're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And they reach up and they tag their wrestling buddy and he comes in and overpowers we do the same thing with Jesus. I got this, Jesus, and we battle it out with the enemy, 
And then eventually he puts us on our backside. And then we're like, oh, yeah, I forgot I can't do this. And we reach over, Jesus, can you tag? You're it. Go in and take care of this. And Jesus comes in and takes care of it, just enough for you and I to get back on our feet. And then we step back into the ring, and you're like, hey, just you could take a break. I got it from here. I kind of need you when I need you. I need you until I don't need you. This is I don't need him at all. This is I kind of need him. But... (laughs) Drop the crutches. How's about a wheelchair? This is, I fully need him. Have a seat. Have a seat. You see how quiet it got right there? Nobody likes this because everybody, everybody wants to stand on their own two feet. If you're able to stand and be mobile on your own and have nobody tell you what to do, then it feels pretty good for a while until the terrain gets rocky or rough. And if you're standing free, you don't want to be on crutches. And if you're on crutches, nobody wants to be in a wheelchair. But this is the reverse. The enemy would love for us to think that spiritually with regard to our eternal destiny, much less like all the stuff that we're talking about just throughout 2024, you would operate totally independent of God and live life with, I got this, I don't need him. And if he can't get you there, then maybe you could just hobble around on your own understanding and you kind of need him when you need him. And Jesus is saying, the reality is apart from me, you can do nothing And the invitation of the gospel is not Jesus does his part and now you do your part. The invitation of the gospel is we can't do any of it. So have a seat. Have a seat in the person, the work of Jesus. Have a seat in his word. Just rest. Rest in him this year. This right here is trusting the Lord with your whole heart. This is it, seated right here. Now, I'm gonna do the rest of the thing seated because why not? Psalm 16, one of my favorites. Psalm 16, verse eight. It says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. You hear it? With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. This has a big eternal implications. Verse 11, you make known to me the path of life and you fill me with joy in your presence. Joy in his presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. See, there's some real life that Jesus has for us. Eternal life. But Eternal life has started now. If you've got a relationship with Jesus, you can be experiencing so much of his eternal life 
with him here and now. Eternity has started for all of us, whether you have a relationship with him or not. But his desire is to be a part of relationship with you, where you're trusting him with all your heart, you're seated in him, you're anchored in him, you're resting in him. And if this is where your heart is, saturated in him, resting in him, then you're trusting him. And then he's gonna make your path straight. He'll be right behind you here, pushing you where you need to go. If you've got a roller coaster of a year of all sorts of obstacles this year, he's more than capable of removing obstacles if he desires. But I'd much rather get through the roller coaster of this year seated with Jesus pushing than me hobbling along on a pair of crutches. And that's the invitation. That's the beautiful part if we won't fight him on it. And so in summary, we're gonna start fresh by allowing God our whole heart, access to our whole heart, not just bits and pieces. Would you pray for me and my family to that end? I'll pray for you that way. We're gonna start fresh anytime we decide to lean on him more than we lean on anything else, certainly our own understanding. And then third, we're gonna start fresh anytime we want by inviting God in to every single choice, every single decision that's before us this year. And if our ears are tuned and our hearts are tuned and we're saturated in his word, he'll speak and move. He'll get us up and over and through. The real point of Proverbs chapter three, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. The real point of that couple Proverbs is trust. The real point is not necessarily about the straight paths he will make for you. Let's not get so hung up on oh, the potential benefits if we do this and that, that we miss his heart of relationship in it. Lord, if you got straight paths, awesome. If I just get to the end of the year trusting you more, that's really what I want. That's really what I want. The best decision that you and I can make this year is not about the job that we're gonna take. It's not about whether we leave or we stay. It's not about him or her. It's not about this school or that school or this job or that. It's, it's not any of those decisions. The best decision that you and I can make this year is to position our heart before the Lord and trust him with it. The rest he'll take care of if we let him. And so gracious heavenly father, thank you so much Thank you that the gospel is not a gospel of work harder, try harder, do more, be more. Thank you that it's not dependent on me and my talent, my skill. But thank you that it's based entirely on what you already did for us. Your life, your death, your resurrection, your spirit that's continually at work. Help us, God, this year just to rest in you, remain in you, stay seated in you. Let that go to work on our hearts 
can be an expression of just how much we trust you. Help us not lean on our own understanding. Help us in all ways, all our ways, acknowledge you. And then we'll look to you to guide us. In Jesus' precious, precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that and you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us and please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.